Hello, and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, but not today. <laughs> today, we're doing something a little bit different. My voice might sound a little bit different, because I'm not Adam. I'm John. I'm Adam. And we decided that we're going to try something a little bit new um, to try and bring more content to you guys, because uh, right now, all of our movie reviews are coming out every other week. And so, in an interest of it, and because music is something that played a big part in everyone's life and their childhood, we decided we're going to throw in uh, a music review uh, every so often just to kind of change it up a little bit and give you extra content and uh, just more fun stuff to talk about from our childhood. Yeah, honestly, we uh, while we were at Long Beach Comic Con, we were trying to figure out, you know, how can we get more content? We want to try and go weekly. And we realized that I think just going weekly with our regular content is a little bit tougher because they take a lot of it, a lot of prep and a lot of edit time to, to get there. And so we've been, you know, we did some extra episodes because of the Long Beach Comic Con and we want to try and keep doing more of that content and just get more to you guys to be a consistent weekly podcast. And so we thought about doing exactly these album reviews. And I think it's a great idea because... There are so many albums out there that mean a lot to me from when I was younger. And when we started like creating the list, we're like, oh, shit, we've got years and years <laughs> worth of, of albums that we can talk about. Because, yeah, there there was just a lot that we, we realized fit into this uh, this kind of format. Yeah. And a lot of it was not even repeating the same bands over and over again. It was. Yeah. It was. I think we only. I, I don't know how many. I don't know if we repeated anyone, actually. Like, each, I, yeah, it was uh, each different one. So, uh, as we mentioned, we're going to do an album review, so this will probably be a shorter episode. And today, for our very first one, I decided that this album played a huge part in not just my childhood, but Adam's as well, because I pretty much distinctly remember you had the poster for this album cover on your wall, didn't you? Yeah, I had this poster, I had the tape, cassette tape, and I listened to it like fucking mad. And we are talking about the album Dookie by the band yeah. Green Day. Uh, and that album cover, I love the album cover, maybe because I had that that poster as well. But you know what? It, you know what? It kind of always reminded me of. It, weirdly, it always reminded me of like a Where's Waldo book. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say the same thing. I was gonna say the same thing. And I loved Waldo, so maybe that's what drew me to the fucking album. Uh, but yeah, it, it just has that kind of feel, and I just always want to like look for Waldo yeah. in that album cover. And I, I kind of remember there was a time where, um, if we went to a, you know, if we went to a record store, uh, our mother would let us pick one out. You know, pick out a tape. You can get one tape, and we would just kind of go with either something we knew, or we would just kind of look for something. And I remember this being the tape that you came home with one time. Mm-hmm. And after you putting it on, I'm like, wow, that was a great choice. And I, I don't remember, I don't honestly, I couldn't tell you if I remember seeing the music video for Green Day, uh, you know, especially, specifically Basket Case, because that was the first one that came out. Yeah. I don't remember if I saw the video for Basket Case before you got that album, or if you got it first and then I saw the video. I can't remember which happened first. I mean, I, I pretty much remember seeing the video first, and that's what really kind of drew me in Okay. Uh, to Green Day because that – and we'll talk about it when we get to Basket Case, but, like, yeah, I love that music video. Um, but I do want to mention for this this album in particular, which I'm really glad is our first one, I have a, a distinct memory 
I mean, one of, of, as you mentioned, I had the cassette and I played it so much, but I, I just, I really remember we used to like take like a spring break or a summer like vacation in Florida every now and then Uh we drove up from Georgia or drove down from Georgia. Right. And I have a distinct memory of, I listened to the Green Day Dookie album nonstop from the drive from, from Georgia all the way down to like St. Simon's or wherever we were staying uh, in Florida. And it's like, there's only, it's only like a, 36 minute album <laughs> and you had to like listen to it over and over and over again but I did because I liked it that much like this was this was easily one of my most played cassettes that I ever had yeah probably wore it the hell out yeah <laughs> all right so this album uh, I'm just going to kind of go over some of the little sort of factual stuff of it uh, it was released on February 1st 1994 I would have been I would have just turned 13 years old a couple months earlier than this uh, Adam, you would have been um, probably about eight, eight, yeah. eight at the time, yeah, uh, when it first came out, at least. Um, it was produced by a guy named Rob Cavallo, who was also known for producing the Goo Goo's Dolls album, A Boy Named Goo. <laughs> um, and then he also did, actually, he did some some more recent stuff, He uh, or some stuff in the 2000s. He did My Chemical Romance's Black Parade album. Oh, yeah, that was a big um, hit. And then he did, he did some of the later albums of Paramore and Linkin Park. Nice. It was recorded at Fantasy Studios in Berkeley, California, which is around the area where uh, you know Green Day was from, uh, mixed by a guy named Jerry Finn. Uh, Green Day, if you don't know, uh, is uh, Billy Joe Armstrong, and apparently when you address him, you were ad- to address him as Billy Joe. It's not Billy, it's <laughs> Billy Joe. That's, that's his first name. Billy Joe Armstrong on vocals and guitar. Uh, Mike Durnt, um, and Durnt is not his... Uh, real <laughs> last name, and I for, I forgot to look up what it is. Oh, that's awesome! But I though. did hear the st- I did hear the story of how he got his name. Um, when he was when he went to school and he couldn't have his um, bass, or if he was at home somewhere and he didn't have his bass, he would sort of air guitar and he would make a sound dirt <laughs> as he was pretending to pluck his bass. Dirt, 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 and that's how he got his name, Mike Dirt. That's awesome. Um, and of course, uh, you can't forget the drummer. Franklin Edwin Wright III, also known as Trey Cool. Yeah, Trey Cool. That's a, I, think, I think he chose a better name with Trey Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, as Adam kind of mentioned, the runtime of this album is just under 40 minutes. It's like 39 and some change. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. that's probably including the silence in between <laughs> yeah. the last official track <laughs> and the hidden track, which we'll get to when we start talking about it. All of the music uh, was written by the band. All of the lyrics were by Billy Joe, except for uh, with two exceptions, and we'll talk about those as we get to them. Uh, most of the songs, are, uh, most of the songs, however, were kind of collectively written. So all the music and stuff, they the, they just wrote them as a band, and then Billy Joe wrote his, his lyrics with, I guess, I mentioned a couple exceptions. All right, so let's jump into our first song, "Burnout." Great introduction to the album. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of funny to start off an album talking about burning out. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a great drive to it. Um, it's a fun song. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I like this one. It's a very Green Day song. This this uh, this album uh, is is really good. 
and and I think it's one that you know yeah you can you can listen to every song because a lot of the songs sound pretty similar <laughs> they sound, yeah. they have a very similar uh, vibe throughout their entire stuff um, and this burnout song yeah it starts off strong it starts off fast and it just kind of it works well for like that 90s punk like I guess I don't know yeah, how what's, what would you call it? these? Because they're they're they were a punk band. They were kind a punk of, band, kind of. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean uh, they but, they were a punk band. Um, when they they got a lot of flack when this album came out because they they were previously at an indie label called Lookout Records, um, which uh, you know was was sort of like the for the locals, you know, the because punk was very much a sort of damn the man. Yeah type attitude and anytime a band went to a major label that was kind of seen as selling out and Green Day got a lot of shit for this from their original bass fans but damn if I'm sure they didn't have a lot of money coming in from yeah. this album so <laughs> I think they were just fine with fuck it. Fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah. Alright so now we have Having a Blast. And I, I've always loved this song just because of the chorus, actually. Um, yeah, the chorus is fantastic. Uh, it's 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 sort of a, a almost fun dichotomy where it is kind of a, a fast-paced song, heavy, but also the way he sings, the way he you know the way he structures the melody seems upbeat and fun, and the whole point of it is like nobody's getting out alive. So it's it's a fun dichotomy the way he uh, the way he sings it and the words that he uses, and apparently this song was actually written back in 1982 when the band was in Cleveland. Oh, <laughs> all right. I'm not sure that has anything to do with the the message of the song. Yeah, but uh, they're they're probably about ready to get the fuck out of Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think this song right here is, is fantastic. I really really like the chorus as you put it. I feel like this song, it has the quality of a single. I don't think this was ever an actual single, but I, pl- I put this song yeah. up there with any of the other ones, and I really like the drums on this song. Yeah, the drums are just, they're fast. I mean, I mean it, it, any kind of punk stuff, is, it, that, that's how it is, but like, it just drives really good on this song in particular. I, I'm... Having a blast is definitely on like the the upper end for this of this album for me of an album that I can listen to nonstop. Yeah, this is this is definitely up there as one of my favorites. All right, so then we go on to Chump. The, uh, this song, along with She and Sassafras Roots, was all written about Billy Joe Armstrong's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I think he had some issues with her or something. <laughs> you could tell with, <laughs> by those songs. Uh, yeah, I, this song is pretty freaking awesome. Uh, it kind of... I don't know why, but I listened to this song, and it just... It just really, not, I don't know why, not more than any of the other songs, but maybe. I, I don't know why it does, but it makes me feel like I'm back in, like, 90s rock, 90s punk more than any of the other songs. Okay. I, for some reason, when I was re-listening to it, I kind of, like, had an envision of, like, you know, like a 
like a 90s movie montage going on in my head. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it just, I felt so 90s listening to this song, but it's, it's awesome. Uh, there's a great bass line in this song as well. Yeah. Um, and guitar chords. And then it just kind of like, it descends into chaos at one point. Yeah. It just goes fucking mad. And then it kind of, kind of eventually does a flow into the following song. But yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoy, enjoy Chump. And it's a, it's. I think it works well with the song that it leads into, which is Longview. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I, I definitely think that those two, those two songs should always be listened to together. Um, yeah. Uh, even though they're not really, um, uh, they're not really the same message <laughs> about hating a woman, and then uh, we're going into uh, some self love. Self love, yes. Uh, with, <laughs> yeah. I guess they go hand in hand. If it's an ex girlfriend, then you're left with nothing. But self-love. Right. Afterwards. So we start out with this kind of nice little sort of pseudo-tribal drum beat in Longview. And then this really awesome, catchy bass line that comes in, which apparently Dirt wrote that bass line while he was on LSD. I don't I don't believe any of these guys in Green Day have ever done a drug in their life. <laughs> There's no chance. Yeah, you're way off. <laughs> <laughs> You're way off. Uh, maybe not anymore, but uh, yeah, back then, especially <laughs> Durnt. Basis. If you if you watch anything or listen to anything about their history, Durnt had a pretty tough uh, childhood. Mm, okay. So, kind of leads in. Uh, interesting part of the song. Uh, it was writ- It's named after the town of Longview, Washington, but it was written way before the band ever visited there. <laughs> they just kind of had the song and then just decided to name it that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's some there's some like uh, songs on this album that just don't really match up yeah. with their with their actual lyrics or the song at all. Right. Uh, but the name is just like something different, and that's that's fine. I guess that makes sense. Makes it interesting. As you know, like a 13, 14 year old, 15 year old kid listening to this album, uh, this song was sort of like one of those teehee songs <laughs> I call them. Like ones that was like it was dirty and you like listening to it. You know when when your parents weren't around. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it talks about stuff like masturbation. This was about the age when we started to listen to more albums. I know it's to sound silly, but it's true. This is about the time that, as, especially me, and I'm sure it was with you. That you started masturbating? No, well, that's another show. Um, no, but you started to listening to more albums and, and songs with curse words in them. And, yeah. and kind of the, you know, the, the, the sort of childish giddy of, oh shit, he said fuck. In this line, and especially it was a song that was also on the radio. Yes, and I think that, that had more to do with that because it was a popular song that you definitely heard on the radio. It seems silly now, but it really was. I think every kid kind of goes to that part where you you kind of transition from the very clean cut stuff that you were sort of isolated from by your parents to what everyone else is doing, and you, you kind of have to transition into that because it, it's shocking. It's different. But it's fun, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's like a dirty little secret. Yeah, I mean, I for me, the dirty little secret. I was too young to understand it was about masturbation, right? At all, even though he says masturbation, I was just like, uh-huh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, there's more. There's a lot more to the masturbation. The whole song is right. pretty much about it. But I, that didn't sink in for me, right? I mean, because I was young. Um, I, it's probably like not until I was like high school that somebody said, "Oh, you know that song's about masturbation." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> uh, but like for me, this is definitely one of those songs, and the way you put it, that like, you know, 
when you start to hear shit right. and, and fuck, and, <laughs> and you're just like, oh my god, and you say it, and it's, just, it's this is one of those songs that like that has that, and as a kid, it made you feel cooler yeah. because you listened to it <laughs> and because right. it said shit and fuck, and that's that's definitely part of it. Yeah, <laughs> this I would say this song, along with Offspring's Bad Habit. We're like mm-hmm. we're we're sort of both in the same vein. I think bad. I think uh, yeah. Offspring came in a little, and we're, that's an album we're definitely going to get to. Oh yeah, um, I'm sure because uh, that one's on our list. But let's go ahead and uh, move on to. Oh, the other thing that I always found interesting was about this because since we're leading you to the next one, the oh, yeah, yeah. the uh, the chorus of this song has the word paradise in it, mm-hmm. and so does the next one. Yes. <laughs> And the next song, Welcome to Paradise, which actually originally appeared on their previous album, Kerplunk. Yeah. Uh, but when they went to a major label, I think they liked the song and they wanted to re-release it. So they And they re- re-recorded it as well. So it sounds it sounds a little bit tighter. It sounds a little bit cleaned up. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I, definitely, I very much enjoy uh, Welcome to Paradise. And it's funny, like these two songs, Longview and Welcome to Paradise, are the two longest songs on the album. And they're like... They don't even hit four minutes, and <laughs> like that's that that's that's <laughs> short. Like that's an average song length, and this is like the two longest on the entire album. Yeah, and that is sort of a, a sort of a I think a, an epitome of, of punk songs. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like hit them hard, hit them fast, give them the message, and get out. Yeah, this whole song was written about uh, the house that. Uh, Billy Joe and Mike Durnt moved out of their parents' house and lived in, in an abandoned home in West Oakland. Oh, God. And this is about the house that they lived. Basically, they were s- squatters Yeah. in this house, and this is where they lived after they moved out of the parents' house in high school. Or out of high, I think it was after high school. Huh. Um, but it's a, it's a fun song, and I really enjoy it. It's really catchy. Um, I, I've listened to the Kerplunk version. Mentally, I think this version is better. Yeah. It's just better recorded and just better sounding and why you move to a major label if they'll do it because they they can put the money into yeah you get sort of that better producers you can get better equipment etc yeah it makes sense probably probably more time to make the album as well right um, but yeah I know, welcome to paradise is a very it's a very green day song yes for me um, yeah it's just it starts off hard and fast but it's it's good it fit, I mean it fits perfectly in this album <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just yeah I, I very much enjoy uh, that song. Then we move into actually a song that I started to fall in love with kind of at the end of my, I'd say my first run of this album when we were, um, when we were kids, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of, I, I don't know about you, but a lot of, for me, a lot of albums kind of come in waves. Oh yeah. Like I'll listen to an album a lot and then you kind of let it go and then you'll revisit it. And I, I, this was one that I started to listen to because I realized how demented it actually sounded. Mm. Uh, Cause it, it basically is sort of like someone... It's like it's like someone has you trapped.
One that I really loved, uh, what I liked about this song is actually kind of what you get in the, uh, um, I forget which one I mentioned, it, sort of having a blast. You have this sort of almost happy-go-lucky sounding song, mm-hmm. and the message, uh, the, the story of the song is very dark. It's basically about a guy who's sort of like, he's being held up, <laughs> in, or holed up in a, you know, in, a, in a room or a basement or a dungeon of some kind, uh, while this girl basically tortures him to death. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did, definitely didn't pay attention to the lyrics when I was younger. Uh, and it is interesting, you know, actually listening to them now. Um, but, like, yeah, you kind of get caught up in, like, the calmer, happier melody. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, ha, okay. Oh, sure, whatever. It's killing me. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's interesting uh, juxtaposition there. But it, it works really well. Um, it's kind of a, a fun, a fun, like, I guess I would say it's a fun descent into madness, which might be a, might be a perfect lead-in. <laughs> yes, to a song that I think I got sick of when it, after it first came out and it got played a lot. But having mm-hmm. gone back and listened to it again, I I I, I really love the song, um, yeah. and we'll play it on its own. And that's obviously is is Basket Case, and that was a lot of people's introduction into Green Day. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? About nothing and everything all at once. I don't know if it was their first single. I think Longview was their first single, but I mean, I, re- I remember Basket Pace first, and that that uh, watching on MTV, yeah. Basket Case was their first big single with a really big music video that went along with it that got a lot of airtime. Um, and you kind of mentioned about talking about. Do you want to talk about the music video a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. The three guys, they're in like an insane asylum, like, you know, a mental hospital. And you just get, you know, they're just kind of playing in the middle of this hospital. Uh-huh. And you get, for me, what I always remember was those side shots. It's all not quite a profile, but like the side shots of Billy Joe and just the way he's singing into the microphone and the way he's like twitching his eyes back and forth. And they yeah. also had super saturated colors. Like the colors in the, in the, in the uh, music video are yeah. very bright. And it's just it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy looking, um, yeah. But this it just works really well. I mean, I think kids kind of like <laughs> got up to it really. It just we really um, just gravitated towards that music video uh, and and definitely the song because it was fast paced. It was super catchy. Um, yeah. And it just it instantly made me like Green Day and want to to listen to more of them. And you had you had those people walking around with like the pig masks on. Yeah, that was a weird spot. <laughs> I know. Um, but I, you mentioned something that I wanted to talk about. Billy Joe has a very distinct way of sort of attacking his guitar, mm. so much so that I think if you showed me a silhouette of someone playing guitar, I could pick his out yeah. with no problem. Because he has just a very distinct, stiff-armed, straight up and down way of how he plays guitar. Yeah. Um, and so let's move on to she. Which was another one I mentioned was written about Billy Joe Armstrong's ex-girlfriend at the time. 
Um, very fun opening. Um, I, I, I like the sort of, you know, just drum and bass and vocals things we goes to and then builds into the the really fast sort of, not, not, it's definitely not screaming or even yelling chorus, but just the louder, fuller chorus that, that uh, leads us through the song. Yeah, it's, it's a nice uh, change from a lot of their other stuff just starts off super fast and this one builds and it's got, it's, it, I really like the opening of the song and I really like just kind of how uh, it then kind of picks up and then picks up and then keeps driving. And for me, this is one of my favorites of the album. I, I, I love the other singles like Basket Case, which really got me into this, into this band and into this album. But I think this is a song that's kind of like a sleeper that, you know, I don't think, you know, this is ever, was ever going to be a single, but it's, this is definitely one of the songs that makes me keep coming back to this album. Because it's, it's a well, they actually they did release this one as a single, but it was a radio only single. They didn't make a video for it. Okay. So they did release it on on radio a little bit, but this was the last one they did off of this album gotcha, that they yeah. released in. So, um, and then we move into Sassafras Roots. <laughs> Sassafras Roots, another fun one. Adam, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's got a, a great name of the song, <laughs> Sassafras Roots. Uh, it's just a good good name, um, which is, it's. I think it makes it kind of tough for me to remember which song yeah. matches which, which uh, you know, actual the actual playing of the song because they don't actually match anything. Yeah. And... Some of them sound similar enough that it's 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 really hard to tell which ones which if I was just going off of like the name alone. Right. But I mean, when I once I start playing the song, I'm like, oh yeah, that song, yeah. And then uh, this is a good one. I mean, it's catchy. Uh, I really like the constant comeback of the waste wasting your time. Like I don't know, every, every just uh, it's it's a fun one. It's a good one. It's a, it's a solid, consistent song. All right, so let's move on to. When I Come Around, which was probably their biggest hit. This is where I will admit to the... The, 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 the often the plight of people who listen to an album and then their favorite song becomes popular and they can't stand it anymore. Mm. Because this was my favorite song when I first started listening to this album before it became a single and a video. Then when it came out, I'm like, I was sort of like, oh yeah, it's a single. But wait, this was my favorite song. <laughs> now everyone listens to it. So it's the, sort of the, the, the sort of the dumb sort of selfishness of, of listening to a song, um, which was written about Billy Joe Armstrong's girlfriend, but a different girlfriend. It's actually the woman he eventually married and is still married to. Oh, nice, good for him. Uh, it was uh, he wrote it after they I guess they had an argument, and he they he left her place or his place or whatever and went and wrote the song and that's what came out of this. Nice. It is a great song. It's I think it's more more poppy than their other songs. Yeah. Which does admittedly it leads it lends itself to being a single. Yeah. It, it's a, yeah, it's a good single. It's definitely one that I still kind of hear. Um, I probably hear this mm-hmm. one on 
from from Dookie, I hear this more than I do even like Basket Case. Um, right. This, this is the one that kind of keeps popping up. Uh, and I did actually kind of rewatch the music video. And the music video sucks on this one. <laughs> it's, just, it's nothing special. Uh, Basket it's just Case them walking around, isn't it's it? Ju- exactly. It's just them walking around. It's it's not a good music video. Maybe they just ran out all, all their money or something from Basket Case and <laughs> put it and just walked around for this one. But yeah, uh, so the music video is weak sauce. But the song, yeah, it's good. It's catchy. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a solid single. Yeah. All right, so we're coming uh, kind of down on the uh, somewhat of the home stretch here. Uh, we get to a song that actually I really like called Coming Clean. this song, uh, according to what I read, this is a song actually Billy Joe Armstrong wrote about uh, about him coming to grips with his bisexuality. Oh, okay. Um, he, I, I guess he's mentioned before that uh, that he is he's bisexual, although he's never really been in a relationship mm-hmm. with a guy. Um, but it, uh, it kind of, actually, after knowing that, it gives the song new meaning and actually makes it a little bit more deeper and... Yeah. I, I think more relatable to anyone, and not necessarily just coming out, of, you know, as a bisexuality, but just everyone's got that something about themselves that I think they think is they're going to be made fun of for, or they're going to um, they maybe they think is wrong, and you know they'll be shunned by society for it. And I, I think it's more of a more of an ex- sort of accepting yourself for who you are type song. Yeah. I know. I mean, I used to think that I was going to get in trouble for being too good at everything. And so I didn't let people know how good I was at everything. And now I'm like, you know what? No, I'm okay with it. You're okay with being an asshole? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I am. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I like coming clean. Like, we're in this, we're in a, we got a couple stretch of like, songs that are all under two minutes and these are yeah. all songs that I, I totally get confused in my head which one's which when I, right. when I look at which when I look at the actual names of these songs I'm like what which one was that uh, and this one I don't love coming clean but I, I mean I certainly don't hate it I love the entire album right. but yeah. Um, yeah I mean it's it's, an, it's an, another consistent one but it's not it's not one that I am just gonna play out out of random and be like oh yeah I haven't listened to coming clean in a while uh, so <laughs> All right, that's fair. All right, and then we go to the one that I never remember exactly how to pronounce. I think it's Amenius Sleepus. It's a a Latin-sounding name. Uh, This was the uh, this is the only song on the album where Mike Dirt actually wrote the lyrics. Oh, you know I've never, never read that as Amenius Sleepus. I always read that as Enemies, like an enemy, enemies sleepus. Uh, I I don't know why. That's a that's a terrible dumb comment, but I just I, I never. <laughs> I always read that as enemies. Uh, okay, well I'm an idiot, and I I like this song. It's honestly it's kind of similar to the previous one, and I feel like you could stitch together the coming clean and a sleepus 
and it would kind of be hard to tell that they're not like from the same song. Um, they, I know they're different, but it, they kind of flow from one to another. I feel, and it's it's a good one. But I do, I, I like, I think it's it's a, the bridge. When like the bass starts, and then like you get a little bit of like, a calmer voice, calmer singing from Billy Joe, just a little bit. But I really like that section. Um, but yeah, this one is a very punk song. I mean, it's minute forty three. It moves, it moves pretty quick. Yeah, you're right. The, all these, this, all the sort of these back home stretch songs, they're a lot of fun to listen to, and they're pretty short. So you, you know, you don't have to invest too much in them. But I can never remember <laughs> what is what, which is which. What the hell? How to pronounce that name? Yeah. Then we get to actually one of my more favorite songs off this album, which is In the End. Um, it's kind of an angry anthem uh, that Armstrong, uh, Billy Joe actually wrote about his mother and stepfather. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a hard, fast song. Uh, it's good. Um, it's not one that really ever stood out for me, but it is. Uh, it's a solid song. It's another another consistent. I mean, I, I've probably said that word consistent the entire time. Um, I do find it funny. It's you know in the end, but it's not the end. We still have one more song. Technically, two <laughs> more songs. But right. yeah, it's it's good. Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, every single one of these songs, like I can pretty much sing to completely um, because. All of them are good. Every single one of these songs is a good song that we've just been talking about. What always caught me in this song was actually having listening closely to the lyrics, especially in the chorus. Alright, so then we come to the last official song on the album, which is FOD. And I actually forgot to look up what FOD stands for. Do you know? No, I don't. Something's on my mind. It's been for quite some time. It's time I'm on to you. So where's the other face? The face I heard before. Your head trips boring me. Let's do the bridge we torched two thousand times before. This time we'll blast it all to hell. I've had this burning in my guts now for so long. My belly's aching now to say. I like this one a lot because it's a very different. Uh, well, it's okay, so it's sort of similar in style to where they'll sometimes some of the songs they'll start off slightly low key with like just drums and bass, and then it'll kick in. This one is starts out acoustic, which immediately makes it stand out. 
Yeah, yeah. immediately makes it stand out. And he goes through where you think, you know, you get to the chorus, you think if it was going to kick in, that's where it'd kick in. And, if it, and it doesn't. And then it goes, he goes back to another verse. And so you think, okay, we're just going to end on this style. This song is going to go all the way through like this. And then the twist, or, you know, the twist comes, and then they kick in and just beat the fucking door down. Yeah. Which I, I think was a great way to end song like back in 92 and he submitted it and they were like it's just not really fitting the style so they shelved it mm-hmm. and then two album i think it's two albums later it was after yeah. um it was after uh insomniac so it might have been nimrod i yeah. can't remember exactly uh where they finally put it on an album but yeah this that song actually was written around the same time as these nice i mean i i'm i think it i think it worked the way that they did it honestly i don't think Good Riddance would have worked on this album all that much. I agree. I agree. Um, and it came out at the perfect time for when it did. And just yeah, yeah. I, I when I yeah whenever I hear that song, I definitely think of a prom, prom <laughs> and, and, and graduation. Yeah, and exactly. Sort of graduation time. in specifics. Uh, so then you think the album is over. If you were thinking about how this album was intended to be listened to um, on a cassette tape or on a CD, um, possibly on a vinyl. I think vinyl was on its way out when this mm-hmm. came in. Um, you had you just waited to the end of the album, or you turned it off and didn't get there. But if you waited, your patience was rewarded. And <laughs> I remember when you guys discovered this song, because um, I remember you came home and I guess somehow you convinced mom to let you play it in the car, uh-huh. and you just kind of you know it was in a t- it was in a cassette player that would flip the tape over. Yeah, and you let it flip over, and and I remember you came in and like John, there's a secret song. This was, I was definitely, uh, I remember, was like my first, you know, no um, experience looking. with a secret song. And it, it's yeah. just, and it, it makes me love, I mean, I have a love for like some secret songs when they yeah, do that in yeah. albums. I didn't know for the longest time that Nevermind had a secret myself. song because I never, I never spent that time. Once all the last song happened, I cut the tape off every time. There was a lot of empty space at the end of the cassette for Nevermind. Yeah. So I never listened to all it all the way myself. through. Um, so it wasn't until much later, I think, when I went back and rebought one of the CDs that I finally heard it. Um, but yeah, this one is fun. This is the only one. This is the only song written exclusively 
made by Trey Cool. He plays guitar. He sings it. It's a weird he dude. Wrote it. He's a weird dude. He's, and it says, and you can tell it's him because he has a very distinct voice. Um, and he sings like the how he talks too. Kind of how he's got a very sort of higher register sounding voice the way he talks. And oddly enough, this song is also basically about masturbation. <laughs> yes, it definitely is. Common uh, theme, I'm I'm guessing in this song. Yeah, or know. in this album, excuse me. <laughs> you know, they 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 knew what they liked. Good for them. Yeah, uh, it's a fun it's fun song. It's funny. It's you know, it is what it is. It's a secret song. It's weird. It's weird, but weird. it's it's it exactly. But it feels like I don't know, like like you found something that not a lot of people found with this song right and because it's so weird you know i think it kind of made me like green day even better because you know yeah they they do some good hard rocking stuff and then like you know what they're also just just kind of fucking weird too (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it works and fun and funny and and all kinds of yeah it's very silly Uh, apparently the original title for this album was going to be liquid dookie <laughs> I love that. And uh the the studio just deemed that it was a little too much. <laughs> so they just made it dookie. Dookie, yeah. Yeah, it's a little catchier, so, I guess. But So, uh Adam, final thoughts on the album. Yeah, um so yeah, I'm not hiding the fact that uh I obviously loved this album growing up and re-listening to it now, I still absolutely love the album. Uh, I will say just a couple things about it. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell some of the songs apart listening to it because uh, right. they seem very similar. And yeah, with some of the names and just how short they are, they kind of run into each other. But I it doesn't bother me because yeah, I, you just you put on this album and then you just let it ride and you enjoy it. And you know, as as you put it before, it's like it's it's less than a forty minute commitment. Hell. People, you're committing more to listening to this podcast on this episode than probably <laughs> than uh, or about as much time as you are of yeah. just, just going and listening to the album itself. Uh, but do both. You should listen to this album and then our podcast and then the album and then our podcast like four more times. Um, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's fantastic. I have a lot of fond memories with this album that it's uh, it's I don't think I don't think it's really really ever going to just fall out of my heart i agree and this this is another one another one of those albums that i i will rediscover every now and then Mm -hmm. um and and we'll just put it on and go all the way through it um it's it's an easy listen yeah you don't have to you know obviously obviously as we said you don't have to invest a lot of time in it um but it's fun yeah it's 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 uh, it grooves really well all the way through. If I can use that term with the punk song or with the punk yeah. album, yeah. But uh, I've I just have a, a love for this album, and uh, I will I will always go back to this album. Yeah, definitely. Please join us next time for our Halloween episode, as we review the 1990 movie The Witches, the 90s TV show Goosebumps and we recast some modern movie monsters. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows that you'd like for us to review as part of your childhood, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com 
Or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at at BlastPastCast. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Adam. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.